Again. What do you mean again? Well, I mean, we just... Every week it's again, technically. But we just posted something yesterday. So... Oh, right, right, right. It's, it's a double week, double bill special? Double whammy. <laughs> There's just so much going on. So, obviously, we just needed to make more episodes to uh, cover it all. Exactly. And we have another bonus episode for you. Surprise! It is about the fall film festivals because we both attended a film festival yes. recently. <laughs> I actually just came out of one. It wasn't the same festival, to be clear. I mean, we live in different places, but I went to TIFF and Cheryl is in London. So that's why, even though I talked about some of my TIFF films a while ago, we wanted to talk about them together and our collective festival experience the london one was from october 6th to 17th i believe and um it's the bfi london film festival and loads of celebs actually showed up including just i'm gonna talk i'm i'm so i was so excited almost almost the full main cast of succession showed up and i was i was (laughs) over the moon beyond and everyone was it was so exciting because everyone who paid to go watch succession in a theater they're they're all like diehard fans and so everyone was so excited Mm -hmm. so there was such a buzz it was great (laughs) it was great right because it's something that people know they're gonna have access to at home right yeah like it's it's tv it's not the same as movie and yet they they wanted to see it in theater that's really cool but i think we should start with films that we have both seen because that way we can share some thoughts about those. The two that we did actually have overlap on are Last Night in Soho and Spencer, which are both really big films, of course. And also Dune, but, um, but we, that's for another episode. Well, that that's the episode <laughs> last week, the other bonus episode. So if you missed that, we had lots to say, enough to fill up its own episode. And probably loads more. Like, I feel like we still need to chat about it, like, outside of the podcast. Yes. Well, I mean, I'm going to see it again opening weekend, so I'm sure I will uh, observe much more on second watch. I'm going to see it again, I think, opening weekend in IMAX. It's not screening here at the Cinesphere, which really surprised and disappointed me. I thought they showed some at TIFF, no? They did, yeah. They were open for TIFF, and then they didn't open again. But, I mean, you can stuff so many people in there, maybe that's why. So... TIFF this year both had digital and in-person screenings, but I don't think at your festival there was a digital option. There was a digital option, but not every single film was available for the digital option. Mm. And in fact, I did one film that had a digital option, but I watched it in person because I want to, the whole point of a film festival for me is that in-person feeling of how everyone else is feeling, the buzz in the air. And I think that's just not the same in at home mm-hmm. and not to be forgotten one of the other benefits of seeing stuff in theaters is that a lot of the time you get to see the cast celebs. or the crew i mean <laughs> the crew also celebs i count celebs as both <laughs> <laughs> they can be both what kind of celebs did you see i saw a lot of filmmakers not necessarily a lot of actors but oftentimes i'm more excited about seeing the filmmaker Um, There's an amazing documentary filmmaker named Stanley Nelson, who I got to see after, like, hearing him spoken spoken about in the documentary world for the past year and a half. So that was really exciting to see. I also saw Ben Foster. Mm. Um, I think I'd seen him in person before. And Steve Soderbergh, which was pretty cool. That is very cool. 
Anyway, what did you think? Should we start with Last Night in Soho or should we start with Spencer? Yes, let's talk about Last Night in Soho because I think that's a really exciting one that that a lot of people wanted to see. What what did you think? I kind of came out of the theater in shock because I wasn't expecting it to be like a horror movie. I know Edgar Wright does horror, but the way that the trailer looked and everything just didn't look like there was a scary element to it. It looked more like thriller kind of drama. Um, And it really went in a different direction than I was expecting, but I thought it was really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I really enjoyed it. And it was, it was kind of a wild ride. It was a wild ride for sure. And I thought it was entertaining. And I guess from my perspective, and also from watching it in London with a London audience, Mm -hmm. there were a lot of London jokes, like the North London to South Mm -hmm. London thing, that the entire crowd was just laughing at that joke because it's such a London (laughs) joke. It was funny. Like it wasn't, it's not even like he just placed it in there randomly. It's actually a thing that, that we say. It's like, because it's so difficult to go from North London to South London just because the tube doesn't run um, everywhere in South London. It felt different, I'm sure, living in London and also moving to London, not like growing up in London. So I definitely could understand like when she first arrived in London, like that feeling of anxiety and excitement. It was a great experience because I felt like I could relate to it on a different kind of level. Mm -hmm. I know- a lot of people are very kind of nostalgic for this era mm-hmm. of before then, whether it be like the 60s, the 40s, whatever. I ha- I, I've never really understood that. Um, and I can appreciate that the fashion was really, really interesting back then. But it, it didn't make me want to live in the 60s. I'll put it that way. And also, it's it's rare to see the place that you're well, it's different when you're in London, but like it's mm-hmm. rare in Toronto to be like, that's Toronto. It's set in Toronto. So it yes. just felt very special that way. How about Spencer? What did you think of Spencer? Okay. Honestly, going in, I was not that interested in seeing it. I I kind of only saw it because it was getting like more and more hype and there were tickets available. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll see it. So it, it was more from that perspective rather than a real desire to see Spencer, but it was better than I expected. Um, now, I don't really have any interest in the royal family, so that's why I, I wasn't very inclined to see it. But I thought it was a very well-done movie. I thought it was uh, interesting stylistically, and Kristen Stewart did pretty well. I actually thought that I would prefer Last Night in Soho over Spencer as well, but I actually really, really enjoyed Spencer, and I would recommend it to a lot of people because Kristen Stewart's performance was so gripping. I, I was just like with her. I think it took me um, maybe like 10 minutes because she doesn't speak exactly like she usually does. And so it takes you a bit of time because you're like, you're Kristen Stewart, but you don't sound like how I think you sound. So it takes a couple minutes, but I, I did really enjoy her performance and I thought that it was really strong. And I really liked the way that they played with perspective because it almost felt like the other, the rest of the royal family, they were all just props to to guide the story. And I, I also agree, like I didn't go into it with high hopes because sometimes I think Kristen Stewart can be a bit flat on screen, but she really delivered and it, it like made me more intrigued and interested in the royal family because I, I've really honestly never had that inclination. 
Um, and I guess it's also part of living in London. And <laughs> interestingly, the two films that we're talking about are both set in England, which is kind <laughs> yeah. of fun because it's a different vibe and it's a different kind of experience, I guess, watching these films and being in England. And especially since I'm not English. Yeah, I I recognize that Kristen Stewart did a good job. I think I sometimes have an issue where I'm pretty familiar with an actor's work or at least who they are and their like public persona because then sometimes when I see them on screen I can't get out of my head like who they are as a person and I sometimes have that issue with Kristen Stewart Mm. I'm like I you're not I I would be more able to believe someone who I don't recognize in a role sometimes because I have no like prior knowledge of that person um whereas if i know who someone is as a person it's it's more difficult for me to like believe them as an actor i think also what's funny is that some roles just stick with actors for a long time yeah like rami malek i think still has like freddie mercury tendencies whenever he's doing interviews <laughs> and i'm just like you're acting differently than than your mr robot interviews let's say because he's had those experiences and i think that's what's interesting about acting is that they do like rami malik isn't freddie mercury but he has a lived experience of whatever happened even if it was a portrayal and i think that's that's a very interesting tension to explore Mm -hmm. i know a lot of people see daniel radcliffe still as harry potter and it makes sense because that was his role for eight movies i'm i'm interested to hear about Belfast, which won People's Choice at TIFF, which is a surprise. Belfast was actually screening at the London Film Festival, but I just wasn't drawn to it. So I'm just so surprised about it winning People's Choice and what you think about it in general. Yeah, I think that's one that kind of snuck up on me. It was like the sixth or seventh day of the festival, and I started hearing a little bit more about this film, Belfast, which I didn't really have any interest in. And then by the day before they announced the People's Choice Award, people are speculating about what they think is going to win. And I'm hearing repeatedly people saying Belfast. And I was very surprised. Um, But by the time they announced it, that was sort of my expectation as well, because there wasn't a ton of huge ones that were in the running. And what I mean by this is many of the biggest films were not eligible because a film could only be eligible if it also screened digitally, I guess, so that... Uh, a certain number of people would be able to watch it or, you know, to make things fair because some films were available digitally and others weren't. So Dune, Last Night in Soho, Dear Evan Hansen, and Spencer and a couple others were not available digitally. So all of like the biggest ones were not eligible. Um, and I think, honestly, if that wasn't the case, probably one of those would have won because Belfast was a bit of a surprise to me. I did enjoy it. I wouldn't have seen it if it wasn't the People's Choice movie. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, it, it didn't blow me away. It's all black and white, except for a couple of scenes. Um, and it's a family story. It, it didn't grip me. Like, I, I haven't really been thinking very much about it since, to be honest. Yeah, that that's interesting you, you say about, like, the voting for People's Choice, because it doesn't hint necessarily, it doesn't indicate necessarily, but it hints at what could be a front runner for Oscar's best picture. And I guess this year, maybe it'll be different. But what is interesting from like a press and 
an industry perspective is that when if Belfast wasn't going to be people's choice if all the films were eligible, but now it it automatically was top of list because of this of the reasons you just said, it means that it's going to get more attention from different consumers, from press, and that might increase its chances because it's going to be talked about more. It's kind of interesting to think about how awards leading up to the Oscars will affect the momentum of a film because like people's choice is actually something that people will think about and consider and talk about. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's not just that, you know, it's a huge coincidence or, you know, it's not that a, the people's choice winner is a predictor of what will win. It's that it winning people's choice actually does go on to affect uh, that film's trajectory. Yeah, it's like really good PR. Mm-hmm. For the last bit of this episode, this bonus episode, let's chat about films we wanted to call out and highlight that we personally really liked, that we watched, but we didn't both watch. Let's let's kind of like go in turns. How about you go first? Okay, this one I think Cheryl is really going to like, so I've already recommended she see it, and she has assured me that she has plans too. <laughs> I think this was my favorite film of the festival. It was called The Rescue. This is a documentary from the same filmmakers as Free Solo, which Cheryl loved. Cheryl actually saw it before I did, I remember, and she was like, you have to see this. You have to see this movie. And I think I liked it better than Free Solo. Oh, Yeah, I think I did. I think I did. Interesting. It was basically about the rescue of 15 young soccer players in Thailand. Mm. You know, true story. This happened a, a number of years ago. And how they tried to rescue them when, when they were trapped in, in these tunnels. And no one in the Thai government or the military, anyone could figure out how to get them out. And it was a fascinating story. Uh, the, the footage that they had was amazing. Great interviews. And I actually didn't know that much about this story, like, as it unfolded. So it was great to see what happened. Um, and this is one of those situations where, like, if you know how things played out in real life, then it's not really a surprise at the end. Like, you you know, you know the ending of the movie, basically. But it's still enjoyable to watch, obviously. Um, but I actually didn't know how it ended. Like, I couldn't remember what happened in real life to these boys. And it was kind of similar with Free Solo because I had never heard of Alex before seeing the movie. So I actually didn't know if he succeeded at his climb i didn't know if he was still alive <laughs> so it's kind of interesting when a documentary is like that it like shows you what happened in real life and you don't actually know how things played out yeah for sure and the filmmakers were there which was amazing they're so cool oh my god yeah yeah i was so jealous and i remember when they when they were like coming out onto stage the audience was so happy and so excited to see them it felt like they were actual celebrities, you know? Like, I heard people talking, like, saying, I hope the directors are here. Everyone took out their cameras to take pictures. And you don't usually see that with directors, especially documentary directors. Yeah. So it was really cool to see that kind of, like, cult status for them. They're they're great. And I think it's because Free Solo was also a film about them as well. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's a, even though it's an underlying subtle thing, it's also about them and their struggle of, like, trying to capture without interfering with Alex's climb. Yeah, so that probably put them into the path of stardom. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'll talk a little bit about French Dispatch because I feel like I've been waiting like three years for it. It might have just been two years. 
but it's the new Wes Anderson movie, and it has, of course, a stellar cast. They're not all heavily featured. Like, there's no one person mm. that drives the entire movie. The movie actually is really interestingly structured. It is broken down like the sections of a magazine. So there's three main short stories, and then there's like an intro and an epilogue outro type thing about the magazine and the workings within it. And so it's it's just like a really interesting structure that I haven't seen explored before in a film. And I wouldn't say that it's his best work, but it's a very, it's experimental in a very enjoyable way because sometimes experimental films can be quite challenging and intimidating to watch. So I would highly recommend watching it if you like Wes Anderson films. And even if you don't, I think it's just a visually very exciting film. I also wanted to say that Wes Anderson wasn't able to join for for that screening. But what we did get as audience members were these magazines, like physical copies of the French Dispatch, which is kind of the written version of what the film was, like all those short stories. And I thought that was a really nice touch to enter into the cinema and be able to see a physical copy of that magazine and to be able to take it home. And I think that's a really, it was just a really nice surprise, really great experience. Yeah, that's a lovely little keepsake because at TIFF, at least this year, they weren't printing tickets like they were, but it was kind of hush-hush and there was only one location that was um, because they, they wanted everything to be digital. So there wasn't, you know, there's not that like physical aspect because a lot of people love to keep their tickets and look back on what they saw each year and that we didn't really have that physical component this year. Yeah, it was a surprise and it was a great surprise. We didn't talk about any movies we dislike, but I think that's a good thing. <laughs> like everything we've talked about today, we basically would recommend, I think, to our mm -hmm. audience. Yeah, I, I wasn't able to watch as many as I would have if I were at TIFF, like basically full-time job at TIFF usually because <laughs> I was still working well at the film festival. So perhaps that's why I didn't spread my film going experiences. I really targeted them and made sure that I would like the ones that I wanted to watch. Mm -hmm. I, I can't say a bad thing about all the films I watched and I'm looking forward to talking about them more in our end of episode. What did we watch this week? things too because there's there's one especially that yeah. I think is a really it was just technique wise really well done from a cinematographer mm. filmmaking perspective okay well thank you so much for tuning in to our fall film fest bonus wrap up October was a busy month November we can recuperate a bit and <laughs> we actually have an exciting film to talk about a recent release let's just say. Yes. So if you can guess what it is, it is a new release. That we haven't talked about, even though you might be like, why aren't you talking about this film? That's the film we're talking about. I don't know if that's a clue, but <laughs> you guessed it. You guessed it. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, thanks for tuning in as always. And follow us on Twitter and check out our YouTube channel. Both links are in the episode description. And we'll catch you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye, Cheryl. Bye, Lara. Bye.